What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. So this is part two of a podcast episode with Haley from Pause and Reflect. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode before you finish out this one. It is a continuation of our conversations from that episode, so it would just make a lot of sense if you went and listened to that one first. So if you have already listened to episode 11 with Haley, just a reminder that these conversations are really centered around having a growth and open mindset. Whether that be having an open mindset with another owner who may not have all the knowledge that you do at the time, or looking at things through your dog's perspective and their lens. We also talk about having a growth mindset when it comes to tools like the flexi or a retractable leash and learning to work through emotions as they come at you and how to really navigate those with your dog. I've been thinking about different segments I could do for the podcast, and one that came to mind is happies and crappies. So this is something that me and my college friends used to do around the dinner table when we all had dinner or lunch together. We would go through and everyone would say one or two happies about the day and then one crappy about the day. So... (laughs) It seems so funny to say, but it really is a good reflection moment. So my crappy for the day or kind of this past week has just been that work has been uber hard. It is kicking my ass. However, the happy of the day or the week has been all the wonderful comments that I've gotten back from you all about the podcast and about the feedback and reviews that you guys have left me. I really do appreciate that and please keep it coming. I am trying to keep this interest short since this episode is so long, so without further ado, please enjoy the second part of this conversation with Haley from Pause and Reflect. Do you have any, like, techniques? Like, I know some people, me including, like, I have a breathing technique that I kind of do to help me think before I speak. Do you have anything like that that you utilize? This is going to sound morbid and depressing maybe, but it's very effective for me. Like it's been really helpful. Um, I I am so intrigued now. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) When I feel myself like getting into an emotional place where I'm feeling a bit more unstable, I I have a list in my head of moments where I've acted impulsively in ways that have been really unfair to people that I love and where that's made those people very hurt and, and just been a really sad, awful situation. And I will remember those moments. Like I will tell myself to remember those moments and that will help me realize, okay, whatever I'm feeling right now, that instant gratification of like getting it off my chest is not worth what I know the aftermath will be. Like it will be satisfying for three seconds if I raise my voice at Sean right now, but for the three days after that, I'm going to be feeling like such a jerk. Um, 
And so like, it sounds really negative to like, remember those negative times, but it, it just helps bring me back to the moment. And it helps me remember that I have the power to make a decision. Um, and like, I made a poor decision at different points in the past, but here's an opportunity to make a better decision in this instance. And then I like end up feeling really empowered. And I feel like I can avoid that outcome that sucked so much last time. Um, yeah, it's, it's helpful. I can't take it too far. Like if I'm really having a bad day, there is a chance that I fall into a spiral where then I'm like, wow, look at these examples of me being awful. I'm awful. I'm an awful person. Yeah. Just like overgeneralizing yourself. So like avoiding that is good, but in moderation, it's really helpful. Like when I'm feeling myself getting frustrated with Scout, I remember the like three or four worst times I got frustrated with her. And I'm like, oh my, like, no, Paley, like you, you don't want to do that again. Like that was awful. Um, And it, I don't know, it helps. (laughs) Yeah. That is something that I have never heard of before, but I think Like you said, if you do it in moderation and kind of know your limits, I feel like that could be very powerful. But I love how you said that you kind of come out on the end and feel empowered by it because you're like, I have the ability to make this great decision that I'm not going to overreact and I'm going to do this, this, and this, and it's going to end up really great for everyone. And I feel like one one thing that I should have added when I first said that is I only use examples where it turned out okay. Like mm-hmm. I I almost exclusively use moments with Sean and with Scout because I have really great healthy relationships with both of them. And so I can I can remember a bad moment and it doesn't make me spiral because that bad moment turned out okay in the end. Turned out okay, turned out stronger. Like I'm definitely not going to be using an example where like something got so messed up that, you know, now I like don't talk to that person anymore. Like that's not the, the past door to open. Um, but examples where we worked through it and now everything is good and we learn from it are really, really good to use. Yeah. I, I love that. I feel like people are going to listen and immediately come up with three things because I'm already like thinking like <laughs> one for Bobby, one for my mom, one for Layla. <laughs> Um, and like thinking of those that I can, I can use because I have been in this like weird period all summer, basically ever since we came back from our trip in June, where I like, I've been working with my therapist about it, but it's like, I'm very irritable and kind of showing signs of like mild depression with irritability being like, one of the most like forefront things that's coming through. So I've had moments where I acted very impulsively and just, you know, let, let it loose on Bobby or Layla or whoever. And those are the kind of moments that you say something, you look back and you're like, fuck, I can't believe I said that. Um, or I can't believe I did that. Um, And then you have to go to them and, you know, I, this is one thing that I wish like dogs could speak English because I want to go to Layla and be like, I am so sorry. Right. (laughs) But I just can't. So, um, and it's, it, that's a, that's a hard one. 
Um, but especially like moments with Bobby or my mom where I can like look back and figure out, okay, after that, we talked about X, Y, and Z and we figured it out. Um, yeah. And that's, that's been really helpful, but I'm definitely going to use that technique and think about that. Um, that, yeah, that's really good. It works. And I do think it's really important to think about too, that like, we cannot be perfect always. And sometimes something does have to give. And I love that you talked about how like, you know, Layla and Scout can't speak English because Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm having a really bad day. And like that, that's also okay. Like I cannot put the pressure on myself to always feel perfect, especially when we talk about mental health and and we need to show ourselves grace too. Um, But if possible, I'll try to prioritize like, like I'll try to choose which area of my life is going to give so that it doesn't accidentally just like fall out. And now it's the area that's hardest to fix. Like me losing my temper with Scout is the hardest thing to fix because she's so sensitive. It's taken us so long to build trust and I can't explain to her what happened. And like, I avoid that at all costs because Mm -hmm. that is so, so hard to rectify. Whereas like, if I was planning to call my mom and she was really looking forward to it. And I have to say like, actually I'm in a really bad mood. I'm not going to talk to you today. Like that's a much easier thing to fix. So I try to think about where I'm allocating my resources. And this all sounds like so um, boring and analytical, probably like I'm not, I can't always think that clearly don't get me wrong, but like, if I can, I try to just think about like which area has room to give and let's give in that area instead of accidentally hurting something that's like tougher to make. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tougher to mend and put back together. That's something that uh, Grace had to have a conversation with me about because I've been in a mood and play is something that we've built up so much. And she's like, listen, this is going to go against some of the things that I've told you in the past, but like, if you're in a bad mood, don't play with Layla. Like you're going to give her off such bad vibes. And it's something that you've built up so much to to be this like great and spectacular thing. You don't want like your bad vibes and your bad mood to not make her want to play with you. I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. And she's like, this is where in those moments, if she needs like an energy release, find your hurting ball, find your, um, fl- uh, s- what's that called? Uh, spring pole. Yeah. Um, which I don't have one of those, but it's something that I'm like trying to put together and, and engineer, uh-huh. <laughs> engineer with duct tape and uh, gorilla glue. Um, but it's like, you know, she was like, that's where you need to bring in those types of things because she can do that on her own and you yep. don't have to like give your bad body language like off to her. Grace and that kind of hit me in the face. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I never even thought about it. Have you ever had a moment where you did give off that bad energy and like noticed Layla noticing it? So I don't think so but after she said that and I was reflecting on it I definitely could think of times where I was like why isn't she as enthusiastic or like why isn't she 
like going as hard or whatever. Um, and I look back on it and think like, I wonder if it was because of my mood. I can't like pinpoint, um, Mm -hmm. just because I can't be like, okay, at Wednesday, September, whatever, at 5 p.m., I was feeling like this. Um, you know, I can't like put that, I can't put that into play and think about it that way just because I'm not a calendar. Um, for sure. But I, I do think that there have been times that I've noticed it. It's, it's real. I am. Yeah. I, I once was tugging with Scout. This was after we moved to our house. Um, mm-hmm. I, I shared it in a story. I didn't have video of the actual moment, but I just shared, like, I was annoyed while playing tug with Scout today. I wasn't even annoyed at her. Um, and it got to the point where like, I didn't lose my temper with her. Like I didn't do anything obvious. Um, but I was like really in a bad mood and I wasn't enjoying it. And she wouldn't talk, like she wouldn't take the toy. She kept giving me the toy. So like, you know, the whole idea of tug is that you're fighting for the, for possession of the toy. Mm -hmm. And I was throwing off such bad energy that my best guess is that she was like, this isn't a game anymore. Like we're not playing. Like you don't want me to have this thing. Like you're for real right now. Like I don't want to be I don't want to be play fighting with you when you're in a mood to real fight. Mm -hmm. And like, she would literally not grab the toy and then crazy appeasement behavior. Like I sat down on the ground afterward and she was like frantically crawling into my lap and like ears back and lip licking and like appeasing me. And I was not even annoyed at her. I had had a difficult day at work and a hard conversation with my mom. And yeah, that moment really stuck with me because that was one where you know, it wasn't even something that I had thought consciously about. Like I didn't mm-hmm. do anything wrong on the surface. I just had this vibe. So I'm so happy that Grace told you that. And that that's also a thing that you think, cause like, I just feel much less alone now. Like play is so fun and usually it's a great stress reliever, but there are moments where like, I don't want to replicate that tug experience because it took so long to build it up in the first place. Like you were saying, like, I don't yeah. want to risk that again. So if I'm annoyed, like we're not, like we, we don't tug when I am feeling frustrated. It's way too easy to channel frustration into the game. No, that, that makes sense. And like, it's so crazy because on our previous call, it was just last week. Grace was like, how are you? <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> like I'm good, but I'm not good. Like I've, I, like I said the same thing, you know, this whole summer, I've just been like in a mood And I brought up something very specific with Layla that she, that Layla has been doing and, and Grace kind of like pinpointed it. She was like, I think Layla does this when you're stressed. And I was like, crap. So (laughs) then like this month I'm like, okay, I need to like really just prioritize myself. (laughs) And then like, I think everything else will fall back into place, but it wasn't until she kind of like punched me and was like, yeah, you need to get your life together, girlfriend. I was like, yeah. Like, because I feel like I'm trying to do all these things with or for Layla that can make her life better or make her do like feel better emotionally and physically like stimulated and mentally stimulated and just like have all the things to be a good dog but then she still shows problem behaviors, not all the time, but like 
those occasional moments that I'm like, why are you doing this? Like you were set up for success. And then it all just like, it's the thing where you point the one finger, but you have three fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, I need to just reevaluate myself and the way I'm thinking, even if it's not towards her, it's just the way my body language comes off the way I'm like handling myself regardless of if I'm holding the leash or not Um, and just making sure I'm in a emotionally okay place because I could end up, I don't want to say like ruining her, but I could Mm -hmm. definitely be the thing that sets us back. I could not relate to that more. Very well said. I'm glad you said that you don't feel as alone because I look to you like she is the almighty oh goodness please don't do that I know like nothing (laughs) and I'm like okay Haley feels the same way as me like this is amazing but you know we're growing (laughs) Uh, absolutely Um, do you have a hard stop or can we go through like the two questions Sean and I have extravagant plans to make homemade dumplings and that can happen at any time this evening so we're great (laughs) okay cool I just wanted to ask, just to be sure. I appreciate that. I have no life. Talk, I, talking about dogs will always take precedence I over know, the rest of my life right? anyway. So. I told Bobby specifically, do not bother me from five until I say that you can text me. I love it. <laughs> um, so I'm like thinking about your screaming match with the guy in, oh in the park and him being drunk. Um, and it makes me I think, was scared. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me think of like all these super opinionated people on Instagram. So how do you deal with the biased opinions and how do you get over them with all the different training camps and people saying this is right, no, this is right, whatever. Um, so being stubborn, but then also people challenging you and you being stubborn. Uh, I love this. I feel like I've said that about every question you put together such a great list of questions. I really dug deep into your blog and Instagram (laughs) and I was like, what does, what do the people want to know from Haley? (laughs) I feel so hurt. Like I, I feel so seen right now. Um, This is a tough one. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately as our account has grown because I didn't like when I started Scout's Instagram, I did not set out to like grow it into a thing. And as it grew, you know, it it almost felt like sort of serendipitous. I started to think more intentionally about it. Like I definitely think about it now and like try to be more conscious of how I'm coming across and how I'm presenting myself and like, there's a lot more nuance in it. Um, but that wasn't like a goal that I started out with initially and strong opinions are tough for me. I am very sensitive. I historically have had a hard time separating someone's value of an opinion that I have from their value of me as a person. Um, so like for a while, like if I really loved a book and someone said that they hated that book, like, it could be difficult for me. Like I would almost feel like they were saying they hated me, which sounds super illogical. Like, obviously that's not how the world works. Like we can have different favorite colors and stuff. And like, why is a book that different? 
Um, but this has been really hard because like I, I've put a lot of like my own identity and like self value in having different opinions that are, you know, like I like to think that they're well thought out and like these sorts of things. It can be really difficult when someone challenges that. Um, so sometimes I find myself getting defensive and I have to take a break or use a sounding board. So like Sean is really used to me now saying like, Hey, I just got this direct message and I'm feeling this, like, mm -hmm. what do you think? And he's, he's biased because he knows me and he loves me, but he's also always been very direct with me. It's one of the best things about him. Um, for example, when I had that screaming match with that guy, Sean was super disappointed in me. He like raised his voice to get me to, to stop and like to come away with him. And you know, like he was never mean about it. He understood that I was emotional, but like he very much held me accountable, you know, to being a, a better person than that. Um, so he's a great sounding board. And sometimes I have to remember that like tone is so difficult, especially on the internet sometimes. And mm -hmm. a lot of my very hard to tell. Right. A lot of my engagement in the dog world is virtual. Um, and so I've had to just remind myself of that. Like there was an example not that long ago where I thought someone was being like kind of rude in a direct message. And we later realized it was just a language barrier. Like English is not their first language. And they included an emoji that like, to me made it like clearly a rude message. Like I was like, uh, like this person would not have paired that emoji with what they just said. Like they're mocking mm -hmm. me. Like I was insecure and feeling bad about it. And, and we resolved it. Like, thankfully we dove in deeper instead of um, just stopping there. But I feel like I'm totally rambling because this is the question I've had the least concrete answer to, because it's still something that I find difficult at times. Um, I guess and it's okay like to, to still have that like evolving, um, evolving answer, you know, you don't have to, it, nothing has to be black and white. It, it's all yeah. nuanced. <laughs> it really is. So, and, and like, that's been a thing that's helpful. Like to try to pull out some themes that actually have been productive for me is like when someone else has a really strong opinion, the first thing I try to do is consider that they might have a personal experience that's really salient to them that gives them that strong opinion. And that, that is okay and something that I need to respect. Whether or not I think that the opinion that they have is 100% logical or well thought out, like we get to be emotional about things that are personal for us. Um, like a, an example for me is that my mom has rheumatoid disease and I get very emotional and I have very strong opinions about how we treat the immunocompromised population and how we look at invisible illness. And like, I, I do not do well, um, better now as I've gotten older and more mature, but I don't do well when someone challenges those strong opinions very harshly because like, this is my mom. Like, this is not an issue that I can separate out and be perfectly logical. I wish that I could, but like, like this is my mom. And, mm -hmm. and, and so it helps to imagine that other people have things like that as well. And oftentimes they do like, some of the people I've had conversations with who are the most against flexies feel that way because they've had a bad attacked. experience. Yeah. Like if your dog is attacked by a dog on a flexi, which is kind of ironic because the dog that pinned scout to the sidewalk two weeks after I adopted her was on a flexi. Um, 
but like, it's totally fair to have a really strong emotional reaction to that that clouds your opinion. So that's just been helpful from an empathy perspective to be like, okay, like, I don't, you know, maybe I don't think that this person is being super logical, but is it fair for me to expect them to be super logical Mm -hmm. about whatever this issue is? And then extending myself the same grace. Like, I like to think I've gotten a lot better about it. And I'm usually pretty decent when someone challenges me and I'm willing to ask questions and, and hear their opinion. There are still some things that are difficult for me. And those are the things that are most emotional um, or that have been the most difficult decisions to make. And so I try to think about what sort of space I'm in about the decision. Like, am I feeling defensive because I'm actually really uncertain of this choice that I'm making? And maybe that's a good opportunity to dive into that. Maybe not with this exact person, um, but, you know, maybe I will take this back to Sean now or a trainer friend or someone and say, I felt really challenged in an uncomfortable way. And I think it's because I'm actually not, not sure of this. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, may- maybe it's not that maybe it's just sheer emotion. Like again, that example with my mom, like that's not something where I'm uncertain of how I feel or my thought processes. Like that's just something that I hold so close that I might not be comfortable discussing it at length with someone I don't know well and like that's also okay to say so I don't know it gets tough I really hate the extremes like that's a big theme for me is that I think extremes pick any topic pick any two extremes on either end and I just think that they're almost always ostracizing like when I was a newer dog owner like harsh videos being really sassy and saying that you're awful if you do x y or z like that didn't help me that made me feel confused and insecure and and not empowered um and the extremes at the other end like also aren't helpful like you know it kind of like there's this balance like let's just pick a random example like dogs being overweight or obese like objectively that is unhealthy for a dog dogs being too skinny is like like the same yeah. And telling someone that they're telling someone who, like, like my childhood dogs were really overweight. If you came to me and said, you're abusing your dog, I would not be receptive to what you had to say. Cause you just like insulted my love and care for my dog. Like you just took it deeper. That feels, that feels so harsh. On the other hand, if you came to me and said like, Hey, I know you really love your dog and care about them so much. And I like, I've struggled with my dog's weight and it's been a really personal, emotional thing to deal with. And here are some things that helped me. Like I will be so much more receptive to that because you're showing me kindness and empathy and grace. And like I said, it's, it's imperfect and we cannot expect anyone or ourselves to be perfect all the time but like when possible like when we have the capacity if we can if I can think about how I want someone to approach me when I have a strong or emotional opinion and like try to flip that it can be really helpful um final thing it's helpful for me to realize that like sometimes I'll post a story that strikes a nerve usually not too extremely because I I work 
like, honestly, I don't have that many super strong opinions in the dog world anymore. Like, I think things are so dependent on individual lives. So it's not hard to like not make an extreme statement because I just don't think that they're accurate most of the time. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, I'll post something that like strikes a bit more of a nerve. And I have to remember that I might get like 30 or 40 direct messages that say almost the exact same thing. And so for me, by the time I'm looking at that 40th one, I am like probably very fatigued and like very (laughs) over talking about this. That person who messaged me has no idea. They're not the first. I can't expect them to know. Um, So that's been helpful to show myself some grace, to think about how I'm responding to people. And then also to like do that with other people. Like whenever I reach out to someone, I have no idea what else they've been told about that same topic that day or that week or whenever. Um, And like that can be helpful to be like, oh, like I think that I'm the first one saying this, but what if Mm -hmm. this is the 30th message they've opened and they kind of just want to tell me to like, fuck off not because they're a mean person but because like <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, because they're tired or whatever yeah yeah no I've, I've I've actually never thought about that um probably because I don't get 30 direct messages <laughs> <laughs> but I have gotten some pretty nasty comments at times on some of my things something that I've often thought about is if I get Like whenever I get another dog, if I were to get a dog from a very responsible breeder that did like puppy culture, social socialization, and I like, I have the knowledge that I do now, I don't know if I would have to use like an e-collar or a prong, you know, I mean, maybe but like, I'm not gonna just like slap one on the dog just because I have one on Layla. You know what I mean? Like, and even with that, it's like, it's just, it's a lot to think about. Um, because I feel like this is what gives Layla and I the best relationship, the best communication. And, you know, maybe it's from her genetics with, with different things, her like fearful reactivity that could be from genetics or, or, you know, like her hurting is obviously from genetics, like very um, quick moving objects, you know, excite her and whatnot. But like, if I got, you know, a golden retriever or something or, um, or I have been thinking a lot about hunting dogs recently, the things that excite them aren't going to be the same things that excite Layla. So like, even with some of the tools, I might be using them differently for the two different dogs. I don't know. It's been a lot to think about recently (laughs) as I've been exploring the idea of getting another dog. It's huge. And what matters is that it's, it's what works for your individual situation. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a last resort. It is a, this is the best option for my individual life with my individual dog. And I might make a different decision with a different dog. And like, Like one of the reasons that I wanted to fade our prong and that I don't have interest in walking scout on a prong all the time is because I'm super clumsy. Like, like this sounds really silly, but this is a very real consideration for me. And like, I have been known to trip while holding scouts leash and that the odds of me giving her an unfair correction Correction. or punishment on a prong 
are way higher and she's sensitive and like everything I just said, they're super dependent on our individual life. And it's just like, I have more peace of mind knowing that she's on a tool where I can't inadvertently do mm-hmm. that to the degree. Like I'm happy, you know, that if I trip on a flat collar, it's harder to do that, but that doesn't, that's me making a decision for me and my dog and like setting a personal goal that we worked towards. That's not me saying like, I don't like prongs, you know, like just coming back to that nuance, like what is the best fit for, for our dogs. And everyone has so many different experiences. Like when I was young and naive, we adopted my family Siberian Husky and I taught her um, to loosely walk on a harness. And I was like, I have a sled dog and she loosely walks on a harness. Why would anyone ever need a prong? Like, you know, feeling high and mighty. And it's like the, the plural of anecdote is not data. Like my one personal experience did not mean that there is not a very great time and place for this tool. Um, yeah. Just like the coming back to the individual nuances, it's so overwhelming and exhausting sometimes, but I feel like it's so important and it's, I'm such a healthier person the more that I do that and like bring that into conversations I have because what I've done with my individual life is just so like, I can't extrapolate that to other people. That's just like fundamentally unfair, but it feels like I should be able to, because like, that's what's most salient for me. Like those are the experiences I know. Um, Oh gosh, sorry. This is just like my biggest train of thought most of the time (laughs) it takes a lot of self-awareness to do all of this too um like self-awareness of like your emotions but also just being like self-aware that you are clumsy you know um and 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 not trying to poke at you but it's oh but it's bad yeah it's just like knowing yourself um like knowing yourself and then knowing your dog um, like Layla is super tough. She like she's very very tough. So even though I like have tripped before and like maybe it um it definitely didn't give her like a, a correction, but you know it did definitely pull tighter on her. That was never a concern for me because that to her was just like oh like she can tell that I tripped and that it was like a mistake kind of thing almost you know what I mean like it wasn't yeah but she is very very tough so it's like that was like a flick you know what I mean so um yeah if if that makes sense all dogs are very different I had to explain that to Grace I was like she she thought Layla was super soft I was like oh no It's like she's very, she's like the hardest dog I know. Um, I mean, we went through like a lot of emotional stuff on our last call that I feel like I could talk about forever. Um, but I'll wrap it up with that just that Grace is like the best thing ever. Um, okay, so last real dog training or dog thinking question, and then I have like a little wrap up question. Earlier, like you are a people pleaser, and just from interacting with you, I I can tell that we are very much alike, and that we like to control the situation. We're a people pleaser. Beauty 
two shoes, like quotation. Um, never did anything wrong. That's how I was. I like got grounded once when I was little. Um, and I don't ever really remember like getting in trouble. Um, but I remember like my friends like getting their phones taken away and being grounded and not being able to do this. And I was always like, dang, they their parents must suck because like. <laughs> never get in trouble whatever um but then it's also like turned around and then I realized like I just put a lot of internal pressure on myself to like not fuck up um and I feel like you're the same so like I said I never had a lot of punishment or like experience around that personally especially because I was an only child so like I never saw like a sibling have that either so now you say that you were super comfortable with talking about punishment how did you wrap your head around that at the beginning um and like using punishment and consequences with scalp that is a great question and yeah, I'm just trying to think of how to answer. This is one of the topics that I'm most conscious of the fact that like, I am not a professional trainer and there are still a million things that I'm constantly learning. And so I feel comfortable engaging in conversations about punishment as I've learned more about it, but I definitely don't want to make it out as if like, I know all of the things and like, will never change my mind or add new information to the table or adjust. Um, And so in line with that, like what really helped was actually having conversations about it with people much smarter than me who know more about dogs. So like talking with professional trainers about punishment and how they define punishment, how they define correction, how they apply it, all of these things was really helpful for me to be like, okay, like this is someone who knows what they're doing. They've learned quite a bit about the the science of dogs and how dogs learn, how humans learn, all of these things. And that helped me feel more comfortable. Like a lot of it was, um, what's the quote? I can't think of the quote now. We use it at work sometimes that like the, the best way to feel confident is to just have a lot of preparation. Like when I really prepare for a client meeting, I'm almost never that nervous about it. The ones I'm most nervous about are the ones where, you know, I kind of half-assed it. Um, and I feel that with this topic a lot, like reading the new behaviorism by John Stadden, which has a lot of criticisms of Skinner and like very strict behaviorism. Um, he criticizes that a lot. That was really helpful. And like diving into some of the science on it that is not strictly about dogs, because I really love dogs. I really love my personal dog. Like there is very little I wouldn't do for Scout. And sometimes that made me emotional um, and it was tougher to have those conversations, especially with other people and especially on the internet. Like once we're talking very specifically about dogs, it's, it's personal automatically. Like each of us in that conversation is thinking about our own dog. Like even as you talk about Layla, I'm thinking about Scout and how this relates to us. Like she's always at the forefront. So it was really helpful to put some distance there and say like, let's just learn about learning theory. Um, you know, like not necessarily specifically in the dog world. And that's something that I do not like expect dog owners to do. Like this was something that I found interesting. So I was happy to um, pursue it more. And that's certainly like, I want to be really clear. Like I'm not saying that people need to go and do a ton of research mm-hmm. to like be a good dog owner. Like You don't have not. to go take like a psychology 101 class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's a reason that there are professional trainers out there who will talk about this with owners and and a good coach will 
you know, distill it down to the level that you need. So like a lot of my sessions with Jay, we would like get really nitty gritty. Like we once had a session where we went like five minutes over and he said he had to go. And I booked a session like less than a week later because I needed to keep diving into Mm -hmm. it. Um, But like, he might have another client who like doesn't want that level. So he doesn't give it to them. Like, like a good coach knows how to do that. So again, Mm -hmm. like this level of research is nowhere near expected. And I've done less than some owners I know, like, um, you know, just kind of enough to feel more comfortable with it. So that was one big thing was just like arming myself with some more knowledge that didn't hinge on an existing personal experience. So like, because I thought that there, you know, for years now, I've been comfortable with the thoughtful use of prong collars and e-collars. Like I was biased in that direction already. Um, and so putting, putting some distance there was, was healthy to learn more about it. It was also helpful for me. And like, I'm going to now start talking about me as a human growing up and I am not trying to directly tie all of this to dogs as much. So please, everyone listening, take this with some more grains of salt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think about how I was similar to you. I definitely got in trouble a little bit more than you did from what it sounds like. Um, Like I for sure got my phone taken away a handful of times, but some of the things how do I put it? Okay. Sorry. I'm giving you lots to edit in post-production because I'm just rambling here. Um, um, you are totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the, I was pretty old when I first had to start dealing with some consequences and I wish I would have dealt with that at a younger age. Yes. I wish that I would have learned how to take harsher feedback. Maybe harsh isn't the right word. Um, Like, I wish I would have learned how to be self-aware and like experience guilt in a healthy way and like go through the process of like, I did something that is not a great thing. Um, You know, at my my current age, I say like, I did something that isn't aligned with my personal values. When I was younger, it was more of just a like, I did something bad. Um, Mm -hmm. I wish I had learned how to go through that process, how to separate out my identity and my worth as a person from my actions and how to how to handle that how to bounce back how to like make it right and again diverging from dogs here because I am not going to extrapolate out that thought process to scout like I don't think that scout thinks in the way that I thought about Mm -hmm. making things right um but yeah like like that's just one part of it is that I wish I would have learned how to recover from that and like build more resilience at a younger age. And then also I think I really like what you said about that, like internal motivation to do right by Mm -hmm. the people you cared about. Like for me, a lot of that, I I always hated disappointing people and like, same biggest trigger. (laughs) It's so hard. And I hate people being like mad at me like conflict is is tough for me I've gotten better as I've gotten older because it's it's inevitable in our world like we have to be able to handle that maturely but like it sucks and I don't like it and I want everyone to hold hands and sing kumbaya and so I've started thinking with Scout a bit about that's such a big motivation for me how can I build that more in her like if I'm clear about my expectations with her and clear in my feedback and we have a really 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 strong relationship like she cares about 
not making me upset, not just because me upset involves some awful consequence, but because we have a social relationship that's built on mutual trust and respect. And this is one of those areas where we have to find that balance between anthropomorphism and anthrodenial, and that balance will be imperfect however we conceptualize it. But that's been really huge for me to think about is like, okay, you know, when I was younger, I really didn't want to disappoint my parents. Why didn't I want to disappoint my parents? It wasn't because they were jerks. It wasn't because I was afraid of them. It was because I cared about them mm -hmm. and wanted to do right by them. Um, so yeah, that that's like another idea that I think of with that. I think the biggest thing for actually like applying punishment with Scout was guidance from professionals who I trusted and then learning enough about it outside of those dog specific conversations to be like, okay, like, here's how I'm conceptualizing it. I'm comfortable with this understanding. I've done enough research that I can have a conversation. Like when someone comes into my direct messages and, you know, just the other day I got someone who asked me, they said they were confused if I was balanced or force free because my posts were contradictory. And sometimes yeah. I post balanced things and sometimes I post force free things, which kind of made me laugh because I'm not into the strict labels. Like I don't think that I don't think any one of my posts is just balanced or just mm -hmm. force free. And I like, don't love either of those labels and what they've come to mean sometimes actually. Um, but, you know, and then they, they weren't very kind um, and unfollowed and made sure I knew that they were unfollowing and all of this. And it didn't bother me because every quote unquote argument that they gave me was something that I've learned enough about outside of the context of just dogs that I felt equipped to have a conversation. Um, sadly, they were not open to a, mm -hmm. a polite discussion. I would have been happy to have that. Um, but like, had they wanted to, I would have felt like I could like fully justify my thoughts at this point in time with the knowledge I have. So who knows how they'll continue to evolve and change. Yeah. Um, but I have the personal knowledge of like Scout and I are both very happy. Like life is great. And then I, you know, quote unquote, have, have that backed up with some of the, like hypothetical theoretical knowledge. And that's been enough to make me comfortable with it. Like I can answer those most common things that, that people will talk about when these conversations come up, like arguments against it. Um, and I can explain how it works in our personal life and like what I've seen anecdotally. And mm -hmm. at least like right now, that's enough for me to have more comfort with it. Yeah. I I'm, really like into I think like me disappointing this is kind of something that you, you talked about earlier um like in your in your paragraph or sentence or whatever you want to call it <laughs> my super long monologue that's what you mean yes. to say <laughs> um I think the reason that I want to be able to tell Layla I am so sorry sometimes is because of my disappointment trigger I just made that connection while you were speaking and I was like yep that is it <laughs> that is it I also think that's the reason that sometimes I overanalyze what I could have done better if she reacts a certain way so if she reacts and I'm like well we probably could have had more room or we haven't been training as much or X, Y, and Z, I always like bring it back to me of like, what could I have done? And then I feel guilty for it. So it's like, 
I disappointed her. That, that's been that. something really tough to get over um, because I never like to think that it's, I never like to think that she is at fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and you know, that's something really hard because I feel like sometimes it, it, she, like she is her own person. So like she does have the capability to make her own decisions but then I'm like, what, what's the boundary of like, she could have made her own decision not to react versus like, I could have done something different. I relate to that so, so much. And I feel like it's another one of those things where like the reality is so nuanced, but it's impossible to pull out what that reality actually is and like objectively know it. Cause like a big thing for me has been coming to accept that sometimes there's a situation where like fault isn't even a word I should have in my vocabulary because sometimes Mm -hmm. something just happens. Like, Like if we are, you know, the other week we went on a run around sunset time and it was getting dark and a couple of dogs ran out of their yard at us on the street. And it was like, not a great situation. Like I kept them away from scout, but it was not ideal. And like, you know, it wasn't scouts fault and it wasn't my fault. And it was Mm -hmm. really just like a combination of of the variables in the situation. Um, And that's hard too, because like, Oh gosh, wow. My brain can go in so many places off of this. I love what you just said. Like, I'm also asking Scout to fit into my life. And so how much can I assign blame to her for certain things? Because like because she, she's living in a human world. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, there are times where rare, rarely she is super sweet, but there are a handful of times where it's like, okay, like you know better. I, I feel confident that you are comfortable. You're not having a super intense emotional experience right now. And like, you kind of just blew me off because you wanted to keep sniffing that squirrel or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, but those are really rare. Like most of the time when Scout acts in a way that I don't like, it's just a snowball of different situational factors. And it's, it becomes impossible to say like, what could I have done differently versus what is just sometimes it is the way it is. And like that thought process gets messy. Um, But it's helpful. I don't know, to try to find a balance of like, it's not healthy to walk around and say, I can't control everything. So I have no responsibility. Like that's obviously unproductive, Mm -hmm. but it's also unhealthy every time Scout has a reaction. I don't like to analyze like, precisely how much was my fault like that's put me in some dark places before and like it doesn't serve us (laughs) yeah and then it's even even on the flip side of like in the moment I might have thought like it was more so her fault so I corrected her and then I come back and think well was it actually my fault and then it's just like this big circle so even though I say like Layla is a very, very hard dog. I've recently learned about like from, from grace. And I'm sure that Jay has probably told you something similar. And, and grace actually told me something. And then I said, Oh my gosh, like that is why Haley does it with the social punishment after like you giving the disruption or whatever. 
And it just like made, made this big, like light bulb in my head. So I feel like I am very selective of when I truly do punish because in my head before all these things happen, I'm thinking like, was it my fault? Was it her fault? What were like, what were all these factors kind of thing? So I feel like I'm very, very selective, but it's something that you have to make in such like a quick, like 10 seconds that it is very hard. Super hard. And it's a lot of like reflecting on the situation and remembering that for the next time. Yeah. And then that just comes with time too. Like, you know, I've only had Layla for, she's about to be two. I've had her since she was like, five four or five months so yeah. you know and we haven't really even been training since this time last year so I really only have like a year's worth of experiences to rely back on at, at the moment yeah it's it's crazy literally so crazy <laughs> it really is and it, it just like happens over time like you know even a year ago at this time I was way less confident about punishment and how we're handling this and and all of that. Whereas nowadays, like I was having a, a virtual session with Kim from Clarity Canine um, mm-hmm. not that long ago. And she asked me something about our punishment. I, I can't exactly remember if, if she was asking the last time I did it, or if she was just asking me something that made me think about the last time I did it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't remember the last time I punished her because we've reached a point where, you know, the, the feedback, the punishment and the reinforcement and our social relationship, like all of this has been effective. And in day-to-day life, like I, I basically don't have to punish her. And it was this great moment for me to realize on the call to be like, I don't have a good answer to that because I, I don't remember it. Of course, that's the goal. Um, but that is such a far cry from where even, I don't know, even just like six or eight months ago, I think mm-hmm. I would have felt very differently and like have more clear memories. Um, but yeah, I just like, it kind of develops over time, like this ability to read the situation and like eventually we got in a groove. Goodness knows it's been a long journey and I'm sure it still will be, but, but yeah. A long like, I, fulfilling journey. Very, very. <laughs> very fulfilling that you can pause and reflect on. <laughs> <laughs> there you did it. You, you scored the pun. I know I got you. <laughs> Okay. Last question. And honestly, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, should I separate this into two episodes? I don't know. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I cannot be concise. I I knew that this was going to happen. I had like been thinking about it all day. I was like, this is probably going to end up to being like two hours, but it's okay. (laughs) People want it. That's what I keep telling myself. I had a really hard time. Like I was very motivated to record my solo episode, but I kept, I recorded it three times and because I would do it. And then I was like, I don't know if I sounded good. I feel like I could do better, like whatever. And for a week straight, I wrote on a piece of paper, on a piece of paper, like your voice is wanted like you like people want to hear you like just all these kinds of like positive things like 
-hmm. you're confident, like people want to know what you have to say, like whatever, this whatever kind of like funny or not funny, but like motivational, like kind of corny things. Those affirmations Um, are important though. Yes. And then I did it. And then my third time I was like, this sounded awesome. Like, I think this sounded really good. So yeah. Um, Plus, it's been very fun. Like, I've tried to think more lately about, you know, like, as the account has grown and I've thought about different things for my future and my job and, like, all of these things, I worry a lot more. And I've had to remember that, like, fundamentally, the reason I started this account is because it's something I enjoyed and had fun with. And so I've gotten a lot of value out of the past two hours talking to you, like, a ton. And I know people want it and I hope that people enjoy it, but honestly, like, I won't say I don't care because I'm not that big of a person, but like, I've gotten so much value out of it that even if no one else cares about it that much, I am still very happy. And like, that's a really cool place to be reaching where it's like, I did this thing in a way for me and like, it's been great. And so now I can put it out in the world and they can take it as they will, because I got wonderful enjoyment out of the process of creating it yes and I, I, I definitely like how bad that is like that too but, but it's just sometimes you need that little like extra, extra validation. validation oh you do for sure so i need so, that all the time yeah yeah, yeah yes, for sure, for sure. Um, i have a friend that's on, on like like on instagram, instagram that, that has been like the biggest cheerleader for, for just, just anything, anything that I do, she's, she's always like, yeah, you're, you're right, right. Or, you're awesome, do it, you are awesome. And, and <laughs> even since I've had her, her shout out, out Brittany, um, even since I've had her, her, she yeah. like, a force to have this podcast going. Yeah. So, so That's awesome. I, I, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, so lastly, but, but what, what does, does having a dominant mentality mean to you? I love this is like the cutest question of them all. Um, and it actually got me thinking a lot about like how I view parenting. Um, and so to me, like Sean and I don't want to have kids, um, but that doesn't mean we haven't talked about parenting. Like this is something we've talked about a lot because we had to come to the decision that we didn't want kids. And that requires lots of communication. Um, but I thought about, you know, like in my ideal world, what does parenting itself mean? And like, how would I want to raise my kids? And having a dog mom mentality is really bringing that into my interactions with my dog and just adjusting it through a species appropriate lens, but still holding on to those core concepts. Like I want to teach my children how to not just handle the world that they have to live in, but like how to, how to thrive in it. That sounds corny, but like, you know, we can't control the world, a parent can't control the world their kid is going to grow up in. There's so much going on in our world right now. And like lots of things for the future are very anxiety inducing. Um, so like, how can we equip our children with the skills that they need to handle those things and to pull confidence from within and to be respectful and, and all of these things. And I, that's really in a lot of ways been the driving force of what I've done with Scout. Like I want her to be able to feel comfortable and like her world is big and like she can you know she's resilient to get through things that come her way and I also want her to bring 
joy into the world rather than harm and like be respectful when she's out and about. Um, and of course she's a dog and I don't equate her to a human child because that's just inaccurate. Um, but like, it's the exact same concepts. Like, like, yeah, I, I parent her in that way. And, and that's what that mentality means. It's taking the best mom mentality there is out there and just shifting it to be species appropriate for a dog. And then all those same values hold true. I love that because it's, it's funny because I actually have a very different outlook or like opinion or whatever on what dog mom mentality means to me. But I feel like Layla has taught me so, so, so much on like how to be responsible for another thing, but also that at this moment in my life, I am not emotionally prepared to have a kid. And if I wouldn't have had her, that is not something that I wouldn't have been able to realize that like I take what she does and how she feels so personally that if I had a kid telling me like with Layla, like it might just be a bark, but with a kid, they could tell me that I'm dumb or a bad mom or whatever. And like, I get emotional with and take it very personally whenever Layla just barks at me. So I can't even imagine how I would feel if a kid was saying like actual English words to me that are hurtful. So she has prepared me and I'm sure will still prepare me and has challenged my initial beliefs of, of being a parent, a human parent. I love um, that. To a skin baby, not a fur baby, but to a skin baby. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I can't. Ooh. <laughs> oh, um, I know a few people that listen to this are going to literally crack up whenever they hear me say skin baby. But um there is a um the we you know we do morning yoga every Wednesday at yeah. the outdoor mall. And then just this morning actually we went to our first class on Monday. So they used to only do yoga. Um, but now they've added in a Monday class and a Friday class with different instructors. And Monday is someone from Burn Boot Camp comes and like teaches a class. I got my ass handed to me this morning. Yeah. Um and so I brought Scout and I've been thinking of going to the Friday one, but the Friday one is called SLAM and that stands for sweat like a mother. And it's like designed for moms. They say that anyone is welcome. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like they're not going to not let you come if you're not a mom, but I've been very hesitant to go because I just don't feel like I identify with that that much. And, you know, like sometimes there are some people in my life who use the term dog mom in a way that like does not align with my personal values of dog ownership. And so sometimes I've had a connotation with the, with the term that is like unfair to the term itself. Like that's just Mm -hmm. me projecting my past experiences. Um, But I've been thinking about that a lot more and like thinking about parenting and what these things mean, largely inspired by, you know, this podcast episode that I was preparing to do with you. And I, I really want to go like one of these days I'm going to go and I'm just going to show up and be like, I don't have a human kid. 
I have a dog. It's not the same thing. I'm not pretending it's the same thing, but like I belong here and I'm going to do this thing now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, and that for me is like, I, I don't, pretend to like have a child by having Layla Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that she hasn't taught me so many things that still parenting her yes that would prepare me to to have a baby it's weird because so my parents had me when they were 35 so growing up I always thought I'm going to have a kid by the time that I am 26 and like, I, I don't know, maybe it wasn't 26, but it was like definitely in my twenties, like mid to like late twenties. Mm-hmm. So like I'm 24 now I'll be 25 in May. So it's like around this time would be when I was like preparing or trying to have a kid. Yeah. And now like, especially after having Layla, I am like, I could not even imagine having a child at this age. But for so long, that's like what I had planned, you know, on my like check mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> biological clock list that I was going to have a kid by this one certain time. And then now I'm here and I'm like, I can't even imagine it. So yeah. I think that's so self aware and wonderful. It's just so good to think about. Like, I, Sean and I talk about kids a lot, like a, a weird amount. I don't know. We're not like anti-kids to be really clear. Sometimes when I tell mm-hmm. people that we don't want them, like I'm not a kid hater in, you know, with a big bad mask on or anything. Um, but yeah, like I really find myself wishing that more people thought so critically, like the way that you're talking about thinking about this. Like I, yeah, it's, it's a big decision and it's, it's just great to think it through. It's great when things can help us be that self-aware and like I think that's something that especially in our fellow 24 year olds I don't always see or hear and like it just makes me feel so happy to hear you talking about it like that and like I well, love thinking I have about to things. give a huge thanks to my dog Layla <laughs> right they teach us so much <laughs> go Layla uh, you're almost thanks. two years old and you're making your mom have realizations that are life-changing and it's so real. Like the, the list of things that Scout has taught me is so long. And some of them are really trivial and silly. And some of them are like the most life-changing things that I've learned. <laughs> yes. No, for real. Like her teaching me or making me realize that I am like not emotionally ready to have a kid at the moment is one of the better things that has come out of owning a dog. And especially now, because it's like with her, I want to put so much resources, time, effort into her because I love her and I love what we have grown and developed. And it's like, man, if I had a kid, I wouldn't even be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So many layers there. Oh, I just love that. They, They teach us so much when we let them. Yep. When we, especially when we let them, yes. I feel like that is something that you have to tack on to that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, we got to be open to it. I mean, like Scout taught me so much about how emotionally unstable I could be because she'll just reflect it right back to me. And like, that is an uncomfortable thing to realize. And I wanted to just turn my blinders on, but mm-hmm. um, but not having those blinders on has been really helpful for, for everyone. Like it's a, yeah. it's a process. And it's so tough. 
it's tough to to turn that off and realize, but man, it's really helpful in the long run and beneficial. So helpful. Yeah. Okay. That is all the questions I have. <laughs> this Two has been hours. so much fun. I am like on a high right now. This is great. <laughs> I always feel like that after my lives. And that's why I was like, yeah. okay, I can't like let it end, but I need to do something different to to make it like easier on the guests. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be more enjoyable to do it this way. I love it. Okay. But that wraps up the episode. My first guest. Yay. I'm so honored. That'd be awesome. So, so many happy. people, like literally, I'm pretty sure every single person on my story question box was like, Haley, Scout, pause and reflect. That's who's going to be your first guest. I didn't I like, tell anyone, I swear. I know. I was like, you guys are right, but like, can you not be? Like, can we throw in some variety? <laughs> People are going to get sick of me real quick. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because a lot of people just replied scout. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. That's scout. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's right. Uh-huh. Yep. Scout is not here she is enjoying being cut by sean (laughs) (laughs) okay it is time for me to go let layla out too she's been in her in her crate for a little bit just so that mom could work so (laughs) sounds good thank you so much this was a delightful way to end my monday good i'm so happy and thank you for coming on and and taking the time to talk with me yeah thanks for letting me talk with you of course so just like some logistical stuff, this will be out not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Cool. Yeah. And I think I am going to split it up into two episodes, but like that's probably a good idea. release them on the same day, I think. Yeah. I think that makes sense. It just makes it feel more digestible. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Bye. Awesome. Happy Monday. Enjoy your dumplings. And I'm so excited. Have fun with Scout this evening, Scout and Sean, and give her lots of pets for me. Sounds good. Right back at you. All right. Bye. Bye. This was such a fun episode, don't you think? I thought it was super thought-provoking, and she really provided me with a lot of insight and made me think for myself. If you like this episode, please remember to rate review on Apple Podcasts and follow on whatever streaming service that you are listening on. You can also buy me a coffee. There is a link to that in the show notes. You can do a one-time purchase or a monthly membership. And please, if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at dogmommentality and be on the lookout for a question box in my story where I am going to be taking podcast episode specific questions that Haley and I are going to answer in my stories on a live or an Instagram video, something like that later this week. So please stay tuned for that if you had any thoughts or questions specifically about something that we talked about in this episode. I really appreciate you all and I will sign off here. I hope that you have a great rest of your day and that you get to play with your dog today.